Hello, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. My name is Vry. I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter, at Writer Vry, where I post all the things I do as a freelancer around the internet. Or you can find the other podcast I co-host, at TrashPod. Uh, with me today to look back on the spring 2019 season are Chiaki and Peter. Hi, I'm uh, Chiaki Hirai. Um... And my day job is covering uh, Japanese-American news in San Francisco and California. Um, aside from that, I guess I am editor for an editor for Anime Feminist. And you can find me at, at Chiaki747. It's a locked account, but feel free to send me a DM requesting access. I'm Peter Phobian. I'm an associate producer at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. All right. Now, normally... D kind of default ends up leading these season uh, podcasts, but she is on a well-deserved vacation, so I'm filling in for her. And that means this is going to be kind of a weird one because life kicked me square in the teeth and I dropped almost everything I was watching from spring. So this is going to be a lot of me asking you two how it went and nodding. Cool. Fair. Just uh, imagine you nodding as I'm talking. The nodding is heavily implied. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, now, both of you have been watching. Uh, we, we've taken to, in our more recent episodes, just for the sake of saving time, uh, kind of skipping over the lowest uh, tier shows, the the red flags and anime wasn't mistakes on our uh, premiere guide. But you two have watched both of them. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a couple minutes to let to let me know if there was anything uh monumental that changed for over the rest of uh the shows you have 10 minutes <laughs> uh let's start with bokuben we never learn um i feel and correct me if i'm wrong but i don't really think that it did anything egregious beyond the stuff that it did in the first half of the season mm-hmm. so i just have to say more of the same i feel like the beginning was a little stronger, um, especially with it keeping everything to Yuiga's classmates. Mm-hmm. Now that we've entered the ha- second half, they kind of started also saying, but what about these older people, like your teacher? Oh. And yeah, like I, I feel it's, it w- I feel it was better when it was focused on the t- two girls who were actually, you know, his classmates. Oh yeah, there's a college girl who was introduced, and I don't think they've established that his teacher really likes him, but he's gotten into questionable situations with her. Yeah. But, you know, everybody falls in love with the main character, so I assume that becomes a plot point sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. And it just kind of stopped, didn't it? Uh, yeah, the last episode just felt like a normal episode of uh, Bokuben, and then uh, I guess that was the last episode. Uh, because that's what Wikipedia said was the last episode of the series. But they announced a season two, uh, which I think is happening fall or next year. I don't remember. Season well, two is definitely announced. Yeah, I don't know anything more. All right. Now, because... God, I can't not pay respect to this incredibly ill-advised thing you did, Chiaki. You binged all of Senko-san. Yep. While Why? <laughs> because I felt this was something I should do just so that 
<laughs> my major contribution. <laughs> I feel like I've contributed. Um, yeah, no, it's it's more the same. Exactly what you reported in your uh, your review, episode one review. It's mm. essentially just an overworked guy who comes home and relaxes with a you know fox girl. Um, overall, I feel like it's wholesome, but it keeps playing the but she's 800 years old so it's okay card like yeah. to to the ninth episode the tenth episode they're still saying but she's 800 years old like we get it <laughs> it's like it's but almost I have to keep reminding you because she looks like she's like eight to twelve right yeah 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 um you know even the older looking fox that shows up the like the big boob one who's mm. built like who's literally spilling out of her kimono is a tiny little thing and i'm like god damn it why couldn't you just be tall like you could have been the one refreshing character no you're also a child with boobs right no no they're really 800 but they're all 800 yeah or something i I, I was following the watch the 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 watch thread you did for that series and it's just (laughs) i die like when a show so clearly knows that what it's doing is repugnant but it's it's looking you dead in the eye and saying no it's not it's yeah. fine i can't imagine being high and sitting through those post-credit segments where it's like first person perspective and senko is talking to you directly oh yeah yeah no i was just like okay well i'm too relaxed for this if i'm you know my regular job kicks me in the ass so like mm-hmm. if there was that element where i'm like man this guy is me and, like, I would appreciate somebody <laughs> cooking and, like, making sure I feel okay when I get home. But at the same time, I don't want a child doing that. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's like a show that so easily could have been wholesome, except that it's gross. That was yes. definitely the, the feel I had in the first episode. And never loses that. Cool. Great. F, as the kids say. <laughs> uh, all right, how about uh, you know? What hasn't Yuno done? Um, yeah, I mean, suicide. Um, oh, a lot, yeah, lots of raped. suicide is themes, sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, lots of problematic relationships with him and older women. Yeah. Oh, also, sex. Yeah, and then yeah. also just how graphic it all is. Yeah. It's definitely a show where it's just like all the drama is women suffering and the main character has to save them from the suffering and also uh, sexualize them. That's yeah. the show. Yeah. And time travel, I guess. Yeah, I you know, it kind of sprung the the whole... And I will say that, like, the whole crux of the story, they revealed in, like, episode 11, like, 12 or something, like, one episode before... It finishes mm-hmm. up the season, or this core, and I felt like, wow, you just gave away the entire plot, and then you erased your protagonist's memory. That's really cheap. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so now I'm gonna know exactly what's going on. Am I really gonna be watching this for another 13 episodes? Because I really don't know if I am. Yeah, it looks like it's 24 now. I can't imagine. Well, we'll see how this next season goes. If I have mm-hmm. enough spare time to go with it otherwise i might just go like okay that was a core did i did my duty it's fine there are new shows 
I might keep I don't going. want it. If, it. if it restarts from zero, that's just like, oh, God, the whole plot over again, huh? Yeah. That is very, uh, what you call it, visual novel-y, though. Hmm. True. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the author of Higurashi was influenced by this and then did it in a way that, you know, didn't, wasn't extremely excruciating. I don't actually know that for sure. That is just the impression I get being familiar with his works and hearing about this secondhand. Yeah, somehow um, I watched this, but not Higurashi, so I'll take your word for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool story, bro. And sis. All right, let's move on to, I think Wise Man's Grandchild is actually the bottom of the yellow flags category. So uh, both of you watched that. How did it wrap up? It's surprisingly wholesome. Like the, yeah. the show, it looked like it was going to be a harem isekai and it never went there. Uh, as There's a plot point where the main character always had a, uh, a romantic interest. Uh, they decide to start going out. He asked to marry her. They like talk to her parents. Uh, or no, they want a date and his parents say, no, you got to marry her. And he went like, that sounds good. All right. <laughs> then they talk to his parents and <laughs> yeah, they're kind of an official couple. Uh, some of the female character designs were pretty uh, robust, audacious, yeah. And I think they had a hot spring scene where the women got really grabby with each other in the second half of the series. But uh, overall, <sighs> yeah, was, yeah, that was the the worst it ever got. Uh, none of the female characters really seemed interested in the main character, except for the one who was his canon love interest. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot simpler in that way. But I, I will note, yeah, like definitely the the camera camera work focusing on the boobs the you know yeah especially the boobs just became really apparent once the rest of the cast was kind of introduced and they started doing things yeah um, i won't say like they, they it wasn't fan servicey situations but the camera was very male casey except for yeah. the hot springs that was definitely fan service mm-hmm. um but you know back at the mid episode uh med- mid-season check-in i was complaining about how the rest of the cast really had no showtime whatsoever so i guess this is like the monkey paw wish where they started immediately after i said that to have more roles and have more action and like more development in the story which i was really happy for but it came with the male gazy camera oh no <laughs> The struggle you is can't real. have something good without also getting something bad. Because it's anime. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. All right. So with the low, low bar that Isekai has set, this one is not too bad if people are in are looking for something in the genre. Yeah, as far as Isekai go, yeah, pretty clean. Yeah. We'll call it, yeah. As clean as you usually get with Isekai. I wouldn't feel anything wrong with the villain's motivations or anything right. I'm not missing anything there. No, it just seemed like evil, like Victorian politics shenanigans, and he yeah. wanted to count a Monte Cristo everybody. So yeah, yeah, kind of uh, more developed than you usually get from a villain in East Sky as well. Usually, it's just a demon lord or something. This guy uh, definitely had a uh, well-deserved revenge plot going. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Wow, I miss shoujo isekai so much. Yeah. <laughs> as close as you're gonna get. Oh, okay. Uh, moving up to something else depressing. Uh, Robihachi. I dropped this halfway through because as much as I loved the gay mafia, I really wasn't here for how nasty and mean the show was being to them, particularly Yang. Uh, Peter, you finished it. How'd it go? Robihachi? Yeah. No, I didn't even start it. 
Oh my god, I'm like, and, oh my god, it was just me. It was yeah. just me and D. Um, so oh, I'm no. sorry, uh, listeners. I don't think I have anything new to report that D didn't already uh, sort of touch on in her midseason. Um, it just Robbie continued to be terrible, except that the show really wanted you to believe that he was actually one of those, you know, sort of savants uh who's kind of doofy but he says the right thing and actually he's a little bit cool and he's really not he's just kind of a womanizing sleaze bag and um the the gay mafia was stupendous uh but it really got a lot of mileage out of being of of young's uh unrequited crush and getting lol creepy points off of that and i just can't i'm old and i can't deal with that so Here's to you, Gay Mafia. I wish you were in a better series. More like Rotten Robbie. Right. Oh, God, Robbie was so bad. I even liked Hachi. Literally every, like, the, the female, there was a lot of male gazy fan service stuff in the background. Not much worse than Space Dandy. But I just hated Robbie so much. He poisoned the entire show for me. Oh, so, sorry. F. Yep. It was a bummer. Um, Namo, Namo Amidabutsu. Amidabutsu. Sexy Buddhism. You mean the, better, the the other Utena show? Yeah. <laughs> the worst. Am I, I guess I'm the only person that watched this. It was just yeah. you. Oh, How'd man. It go? Okay. Um, it was... It it was a whole lot of nothing. I mean, as it, the whole, you know, I said throughout the entire series, um, it's hot boys doing things, and you get to enjoy it. Um you started getting plot like midway through and it became somewhat more action oriented but at the same time um was mostly you know, about it was just it's the, the, i think it's more the pacing that's disjarring because you have all of this like oh well we don't actually need to do anything badass or save the earth or anything we're just going to enjoy convenience store food or go to the zoo and you know once once the plot picks up you're like where did this come from where is this drama coming from and it immediately resets to humdrum everyday slice of life stuff and i'm like this is too much whiplash for me overall i feel like it had a nice message to it um you know there are some buddhist elements as far as just kind of being able to let go and observe um, how to be a good person versus like actively trying to change things, whether you can change things in life, um, and you know when it's just time to accept it. it. It does ask some okay questions as far as religion goes. Oh, and the uh, the villain of the series does have uh, one of the villains at least has an okay redemption and stuff like that. So that was nice. So squarely middle of the row hold hot boys show if people are looking for that. It looks really nice. That's what really sold me. Like that's mm -hmm. what kept me watching. Th those boys, they're pretty. They are. All right, next up the list is Mix. Uh Peter, you're the only one on this cast watching it and you dropped it. Yeah. We're sorry listeners. It was I a got, bad season. I just got bored of It was kind of a baseball series. I'm not usually too into sports anime, but it kind of had like a cool slice of life thing going on. But then all the slice of life stuff became like, who's going to date the main character's sister? And it everybody is basically saying to her stepbrother, like, you get first dibs on her because you're her stepbrother. 
Uh, and he keeps insisting he's not interested, but it seemed like the show was going in the direction where they were going to date. Um, apparently, this is a thing that that particular author does, I've been told. Um, so I just, I don't know. It seemed like she had no purpose in the show except to be the eventual uh, romantic interest of her stepbrother. And mm. yeah, there wasn't enough anything else to keep me interested. And that was kind of a weird, very weird dynamic that just like it wasn't even that it was so bad that i didn't want to watch it it just it kept coming up over and over and over again and it was like it was either baseball or that and there was nothing else to keep me (laughs) i'm not here for either for for pseudo incest or baseball slice of life just became slice of pseudo incest so no thank you all right midnight occult civil servants I didn't intentionally drop this so much as it was the first casualty of my watch list. I only made it through the first three episodes. Uh, Peter, you also dropped it. Jackie, you finished it. Yeah. Um, Damn. Unfortunately, yeah, no, like, you were kind of right. Not, you know, not a lot goes on. I just kind of finished it because I just wanted to find out what happens. Um, it really does end up being, like, the occult servant's don't have any real power for the most oh, part. Oh, they, they kept doing that? They, like, never resolve a single thing. <laughs> yeah, and they they even, like, pat themselves on the back, like, hell yeah! <laughs> Good job today! <laughs> running into Pandora and then just being fucking existentially terrified and running away. <laughs> yeah, like, goddamn, yeah, we saved your sister, and it's like, actually, you did jack. Your sister was just returned to you. They just handed your sister back after the demon was like... Yeah, I don't need your sister, actually. Here you go. Actually, the demon didn't even, like, acknowledge that they wanted the sister back. He was, he was just like, oh, well, that screwed up. All right. He, he used no, it for an experiment. You. The experiment failed. And then he just, <laughs> he's like, well, I don't need her anymore. You can take yeah. it back. <laughs> wow, we saved her. Yeah, and yeah. then they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High five. <laughs> um, the final arc of the story uh, introduces other like sort of an antagonist uh civil servant um team who's like actively like i'm gonna kill i'm gonna actually ghost bust these ghosts um okay you know and he's really extra in terms of wanting to kill every single supernatural being that he comes to it you know by his way arata being able to speak to them um kind of has more an emotional investment and tries to say like no maybe we don't need to kill everything we see and you know everyone teams up and has a heartfelt moment and the world is and the day is saved great did uh did weihui koyotl get some closure because i just want them to have a good time i care about nothing else uh yeah no um they and um arata were able to have a moment together you know uh, they go to a special place for the two of them um it's kind of sweet all right, that might be enough to get me to go back to this eventually. It is. I don't know if we mentioned it last time, but uh, what does he end up calling? Kohaku. Uh, oh, Kohaku. Yeah. Uh, kind of like just does a lot of evil shit, straight up evil shit. The, the reason his sister was kidnapped was because... He, he was basically Kohaku. referred... Kohaku yeah, engineered Kohaku. the whole thing uh, so that his sister would get kidnapped uh, because I guess he didn't like the fact that he was paying attention to his sister. Or something yeah. like that, right? And yeah. he legit he, he, just, like, gets called out for it. He's like, well, uh, whatever. 
Okay. You got her back, at least, right? At least he calls him out. <laughs> that As wasn't very cool of, of you Q, to do. Yeah. I can roll with that kind of shit. Okay. Fair enough. We can stop right there. Extre- extremely, extremely chill mortal and a chaotic neutral supernatural being who has the feels for them is my shit. All right. Well, that's definitely what's going on. Cough. All right. Well, it's sound. Yeah. Boy, what an incredibly mess series. Mm. Yeah. That moves us out of. Well, no, we've been into harmless fun for a minute here but uh next up on the list is one i actually finished uh hitori bochi no marumaru seikatsu which i freaking loved i this this was just a bucket of soothing every week hell yeah i'm glad you did it my girl stayed (laughs) strong till the end i believe in her it just it was so it was so nice i i feel like the this show has a such a good grasp on social anxiety and i know um a lot of autistic uh readers have written in to say that they also like really found like some powerful touchstones um with with bochi and i think the show has a really good grasp on anxiety and otherwise not being able to read social situations without making without either being like very on the nose about it or making those characters the butt of the joke like it's just really gentle and reassuring and kind of laughing with these characters but also really believing in them and their ability to find coping strategies and it was just really nice and healing to watch every week and apparently that's just me in my old age is I want to watch nice, nice kids have a nice time. Absolutely. She made so many friends. She you made so believe many, how many friends. friends she made. Yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it. Her. My girl Bochi also got a smartphone before the end. She did. Oh, yeah. Everything's coming up Bochi. Like, this is definitely, I, I, I really, uh, it, it didn't quite make our rec list. For, because it wasn't done yet, but this was definitely one I pushed for to go on our family-friendly list that uh, I think you could show this to a middle schooler and it would be, like, perfectly good and appropriate. Yep. So, I'm sorry I dropped this, but so it's over now? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's a gag manga, so I'm there's uh. other stuff. Like, it introduces a new character near the end that I'm sure there's more stuff with, but the anime feels complete. It goes like from the beginning to the end of their first year of school. Okay. Yeah, so it's like you could make more, but I don't really feel the need for more. I will say the teacher, thank God they dropped the stuff with the teacher because that was such a weird mm. mm-hmm. addendum thing. Yeah. And then she just wasn't in there for the back half. Yeah, they just kind of took the focus off, which is fine. Yeah, it was fine. Smart. It was fine, it was better. So like, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend like putting this like if you ever had some time and wanted to unwind it would be good on it's a good watch but like it's not like one of those shows where i'm like no seek it out finish it right now top tier comedy slice of life mm-hmm. Fair. just just nice none of us are watching cinderella nine uh none of us are watching after lost uh sarazanmai the other show i finished yeah well we what all a show. finished it uh Everybody we all watched. every everyone on staff Hell, it's an Ikuhara show. Hell yes, bury me in Sarazanmai. <laughs> it is the only Ikuhara show I finished, so. It's my first Ikuhara show. Yeah. You are like little babies. I learned a lot, yeah. I did watch Utena. 
Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is the last time you get to make that joke, so I'm gonna let it go. Yeah. <laughs> After now, it is it is verboten. It is verboten. You're banned. You're all banned. No. Um. Okay. Well, I I actually that's probably good for the purposes of this podcast because like, you know, I'm a big old Ikuhara geek, except I still haven't seen Penguin Drum, aka the heterosexual one. But so for me, this was like you know, inject it straight into my veins. I'm so incredibly here for this, but um, how are you two feeling as people who don't normally Ikuhara? It it started off with, you know, everyone, at least in me, approaching this show, and I think it's kind of culturally understood that when you watch this show, you know who Ikuhara is, so you're on the lookout for a lot, a lot, a lot of what people say, even if it's your first show ever mm-hmm. with him. Um, so, like, everyone was telling me, like, oh, you're gonna be crying, you're gonna see symbolism, and I was actively looking for it, mm-hmm. like, going through the first watch. And, like, there was a lot to notice. Um, definitely a lot of pausing, a lot of reading, a lot of examinations, a lot of talking with, you know. So, it was definitely a show that made me think a lot more than what I would normally do for, for other kinds of anime. It's cool. And like, yeah. did you in fact cry? You know I don't cry. I know. You are a woman of iron. Yep. Fair enough. Wow. No, I'm sorry. Expected direction. <laughs> Peter, why'd you finish it though? Peter, why, why haven't you finished it? Utena though? Oh. <laughs> sorry, um, on topic, on topic. <laughs> I think I got 10 episodes in and life happened to me. That was like last year. Fair. Before you had a good time with this that's good it was definitely a lot of fun it felt very like breakneck all the time because i think they were really trying to putting a lot into an 11 episode series mm-hmm. uh that is one thing i can say about it like i i it felt like it was going very fast but it felt and it felt like they were probably going faster than they wanted to be going but it never felt like they were like fucking up because they couldn't keep up with their own pace you know what i mean mm-hmm. so in that way i'd almost say like uh, it was kind of impressive to watch because it was obvious that they were keeping up with something that could have easily been 12 or 13 episodes to give certain parts of the plot more breathing room. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought generally the characters got good stuff. I, I never really got back on board with Enta. Okay, I guess I have to fight you in a parking lot now, yeah, Peter, no, I mean, for my son. <laughs> I totally understand liking Enta. I just didn't. Uh, I was just like, uh, you're kind of a creep, I think. Uh, <laughs> but he did He did have his moment at the end. Definitely liked Toei's uh, subplot. Uh, and, and that was fortunate for me because I think the ending really kind of focused on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like the surprise main character, I guess. Um, so that, that ending, uh, like when they were playing the opening sequence thing, was really cool. Also, the scene on the boat. Yeah, nice. those were really, really good. Like, if that's Ikuhara, then I need to eventually catch up. Jeez. Uh-huh. I, re- I really definitely thought um, I liked Toy the most out of the three. Mm-hmm. Toy is a good, sweet boy, and he deserves the world, and I believe in him. And they're all my children. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am going to try and... St- to have all my feelings as concisely as possible now. Um, I, I think, I think um, Utena's never really going to be in danger of being uh, unseated as Ikuhara's magnum opus, just because he got time to 
explore his large cast so thoroughly and come at his themes from so many angles. And he, they just, he's, every show since then has like continually had a shorter and shorter running time. So he has to make them denser and denser and which in some ways, which makes them interesting in new ways, but it also kind of curtails what he can do with it. Um, Watching Sarah's on my, I definitely got the feeling that it is the effort putting into practice everything he learned from making Yurikuma Arashi, which I really like. I do. I'll go to bat for Yurikuma, but it does take about a quarter of its running time to figure out what the hell it's doing, which turns a lot of people off. Like those first two episodes are dire. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah I dropped that yeah. one. Yeah, like, it's good. It's worth going back to because once episode four kicks in, it's like, oh, this is what it's doing. Oh, okay. It knows what the hell it is now. Um, but I, a lot of people didn't get that far. And I that's fair because the first couple episodes are really off-putting. Uh, whereas Sara's on my is kind of touching on some similar themes. Not exactly the same, but uh, coming s- sideways at, at some similar ideas that Ikuhara keeps coming back to in his work. And it knows how to craft a much tighter, more streamlined narrative um, within the time that it's been allotted. Um, and it's kind of impressive to me to watch how much he has grown and absorbed through the process as an artist. I just... I re- I respect the hell out of Ikuhara. Like, he's not a perfect creator, but I don't know. He's he's one of anime's auteurs who I feel like consistently challenges himself rather than a lot of directors who are like that get really stuck into their weird tics in a way that becomes completely alienating at a certain point in their career. And he has few mm-hmm. enough works that it consistently feels like he's iterating in new and interesting ways, which I love. Um, and I, I just, I love that this show is about, I don't think it'll be out, um, by the time this podcast goes live. I wrote like a big long article about the themes in this show that I think is still in edits for Fanbyte. Uh, it'll probably show up in the link dump once it's actually out, but I love that this is about like the commodification of desire and also the, um, exploitation and silencing of queer male couples in non-BL anime and about adolescence because all Ikuhara anime are about adolescence and about being allowed to have ugly, messy emotions. And I love that Enta is so thoroughly um, what I was like at that age, but also, and also that the show lets these kids be messy disasters without excusing them and like really pushes them to grow and, I love the OT3 ending. Fight me. Um, And I love that it's a musical because I love musicals. And it's, I love Rayo and Mabu and the entire thematic everything going on with that plot. Um, I love those final musical moments. Oh my god, they literally become a guiding light to the future. The adult, the elder gays light the way to the future for the baby gays. <laughs> and I died. I, like, I've never seen anime called out that, like, <laughs> hard before. In the mm-hmm. scene where he's like, oh, if I told you I loved you, I would explode and die. <laughs> just like, like that's, that's just the rules of anime, isn't it? <laughs> D made a post, made a tweet in, like, episode two, uh, when, when the 
Soya dance first premiered that was like ever since Ikuhara has been got so mad when people uh mistake like started saying that Anthea and Utano are just friends when they're so clearly not that every show since then has been him losing patience and getting less and less subtle with both fingers <laughs> raised <laughs> and yeah, it's that true. Word. I have you call those guys friends you're I don't know you got and, problems you know just bros trading and get and and like and then and then their rings are connected like engagement rings and I died <laughs> I'm just... uh, it's 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 a good show oh also um I really want to read that manga yeah the uh the, the prequel manga it sounds really sweet hmm. and nice um I've also I don't normally I'm kind of neutral on dubs. I usually like I, I think they're fun, but I don't usually seek them out unless um I'm really invested in the show. So you know, and I want to see it again from like different actors' perspectives. The Saras on my dub is super good. <laughs> like it's really good. Oh, good. Okay. Um it's not I don't know if there's something going on on Funimation's end, but um, you know, at recording this, I checked earlier this week and they've only dubbed the first eight episodes but the localization writing for the music is really good uh the acting is incredibly on point especially for the kids uh it's it's stellar honestly it's one of the best dubs i've heard in a while so like if if dubs are your thing and you're because i i always get like a knee jerk like secondhand cringe reaction when when music has to be translated just because there's so many extra considerations it's not the actor's fault it's just like it doesn't sound right but they nailed it in a really impressive way wow yeah they just announced uh carolyn tuesday they're just not going to dub over the singing at all so they, they're doing an entire dub thing and then when it's singing it'll just be the japanese voice actresses i guess i huh. feel like for a lot of shows that's the easier choice because it's so hard yeah so like extra super duper kudos that the the translated songs are good and also let's say that uh, Toy's English voice actor sings better than the original. One. <laughs> All right. God bless him, he can't sing. Um, but yeah, like I was never not gonna love Sarah's on my, but it's nice to report that I love it more than expected. And if you haven't watched it, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Always have the piggies. Heck yeah. Good music. Just good music all the way through. That's my favorite ED this year, easily. Oh, yeah. No, I was singing that ending with mm. my girlfriend. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm going to go and cry in the corner now because I love this anime so much and nothing else this year will be as good as Sarazanmai was. Uh but we have a few more things that we still need to talk about. So up the list we go to Fruits Basket. In the last episode, one of them turned into a snake and crawled into Toru's clothes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They introduced Tw Ayane, did they? Twice. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that there is a lot of anime left, like 36 episodes or something, maybe. How many cores was the first show? The, the first show was two core, but it also had an anime only ending. Okay. That didn't get, like, I think it only got, like, halfway through the manga. It's been a long time. So if this is Fruits Basket Brotherhood, then it could easily be three or four core, right? I'm pegging it at four core. Okay, Bye. wow. 
So I'm guessing it really has to, I think it kind of hinted at where things are going, where Toru first meets, oh god, what's the guy's name? The head of the family. Uh, uh, Akito. Yeah, yeah. So you're starting to see that they have very messed up relationships with uh, Akito, mostly, it seems. Um, but it's very slice of life right now. Everybody talks about how this like thing really hits deep, and uh, I guess I'm just waiting for it to throw a punch at me, <laughs> I guess. I feel like there's the whole foreshadowing is always there, I, you know, from the manga at least. Um, so I think it's pulling fairly well from the source material, mm. at least personally speaking. Um, I unfortunately have not watched the original two-core anime, uh, so I can't really do the comparison to this version. Um, I mean, I watched the original, but I haven't been keeping up with with this one. So, right. but as I understand, it's it's um the 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 original animes highlighted the uh, slapstick a lot more because that's what the right. director where his talents are. God, right. it's a shame that he's a shit stick. Oh. oh yeah, he uh sexually harassed a voice actress and then drove her out of the industry when she turned him down. And it breaks my heart because I love Jubei Chan and animation runner Karomi, uh, but no, also fuck that Jubei guy. Chan. I didn't mm-hmm. watch that. Shit. Yeah, it's a bummer. Oh. Yeah, that sucks. Overall, I feel the tone of the entire series is okay. Um it's modernized. Oh yeah, have they the slap from the slapstick, mm. uh, as well as you know? I know it's supposed to take place in I guess late nineties, early two thousands, like supposedly. Mm. Wait, what's modernized? Um, I know like TVs are flat screens. I see uh, DVD players. So just some of the technology around. Okay, I, I didn't know if you meant like the humor. It's not like... me... Yeah, they still had the the joke where they have the student council president saying you can't wear girls clothes and then the cow guy drags the student council president to the bathroom to prove that his hair's naturally white you know that kind of stuff yeah in my yeah. heart i should say that that joke isn't okay but it's such an iconic moment <laughs> yeah i right here a lot of people were waiting for that moment i mean i think a lot of the flaws with you know ayane crawling into the shirt and all that kind of stuff like that is the leftovers from the original source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. But, like, if you take it out, I think people are going to be like, well, they completely changed it. As well. I think that was one of the reasons why... Uh, God, I can't remember anybody's name in this show. Uh, he was angry at his brother. Yuki. He showed up that way. Yeah, Yuki. Yeah. So he was setting up that Yuki really hates his brother. Which, you know, understandable. Yeah, I, I, I mean, stick with it. Like this, this show always, the series has always kept me at harm at arm's length because it is so aggressively heterosexual and pairing everybody off, and and also it's gender politics later on. But like, I fully bow to the fact that it deserves its label of classic. Like, sure, I plan to keep up with it. It's a, it's a like I find a couple things to like about every episode, so I don't think I'm in any danger of dropping it. And I know a lot of people who, again, I've, I've said this a couple times, that are, like, really invested in it. So I want to watch it just for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You keep it on with it, Jackie, I don't mind too? keeping watch on this. So. Yeah. yeah. Takes me back. It, definitely oh, yeah. some, uh, some content warnings, but I think we've already covered all that, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, if it's going to be that long, you, uh, y'all won't be seeing them in the season recs, uh, for a while, because we don't do that with ongoing shows, but, you know, I'm sure you can check back in here, uh, folks will still be talking about Faruba. Yeah, well, except when Dee and I really want to, because we just, we kind of do that anyway. Some, <laughs> except for sometimes when the rules don't apply. I gotta remind everybody that Black Clover's good. She has to talk about Bungo Stray Dogs. Ooh, she missed <laughs> one of her opportunities. Ouch. Oh, sad. Dang, but I just said Black Clover's still good, so I win. <laughs> you got it in there. I got it in. All right. Uh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba. People uh, seem to sour on this, like, just from me watching it secondhand. Oh, really? <sighs> yeah. Um, okay, Peter, what do you think? Oh, I guess they, uh, yeah, um, I guess not in the last couple of episodes, but uh, shortly after the halfway point, they introduced uh, Lightning Boy, who he's introduced kind of molesting a woman on the side of a road, asking her to marry him. Because his thing is he wants to get married and have a kid before he gets murdered because he doesn't want to be a demon slayer and he's pretty sure he's going to get murdered. Why is Moroku in this 2019 anime? He's worse. He is worse. Oh, yeah. shit. At the very least, everybody hates him. Like, even the main character who act, like likes everybody and always treats everybody compassionately keeps doing... Like, what does he say? People look at him a certain way where he knows that they have no respect for him and that they hate him. Uh, even... The main character looked at him like that. What is this with the minetification of anime where everyone has acknowledged that these kinds of characters are not okay, but rather than just get rid of them, we we keep them in there and just have all the other characters say they're bad. Like, that's the same thing. Like, it's such an attempt to have cake and also eat it. You know which shonen it does not have a mineta character? Go on, Black Peter. Clover. Uh-huh. It's Black Clover. Uh, Actually, <laughs> yeah. Actually, also Dr. Stone. Um, but also Black Clover as well, yeah. I'm, what were I'm you going to say, Tiaki? Yeah. <laughs> God, um, no, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gloomy. It. <laughs> 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 um, oh, uh, well, for as far as this show goes, like, I think it's, um, that character type is everyone was expected to laugh at how terrible they are, and mm. now that it's completely unacceptable, it's like, we still want to laugh at them, so we're going to say they're unacceptable and we can laugh at them, except they're not yeah. funny. At so all. nobody has any respect for the character and they don't treat him like a human, but they still get stuck with them on mission. So that in that way, the character sticks around. Is that what you mean? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, this is just me going off on like what I wanted to see versus what I got. But, you know, the show did really well for... A period as far as like introducing more demons who aren't out to murder everyone um and i was like oh cool like if they got more spotlight on them that would have yeah. been a much better story but instead they immediately say oh but they're gonna go away now and now you have yellow boy who is going to be screaming at the top of his lungs like that black clover guy until he gets better apparently but um <laughs> he never gets better you just realize that him yelling is awesome <laughs> That sounds like Stockholm Syndrome, Peter. It's not. It's, it's a really good joke that you get after a while, and then it's like galaxy brain. Okay, okay, Peter. But yeah, no, he does not stop. Yellow Boy does not stop yelling, and I am still not over that. He is, it's just too much. And then even Boarhead Guy, I feel, is kind of one note as far as, like, I'm going to kill every every demon I come across. Everything that moves. 
Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. God, like, can we have some normie ass people who can kick ass? Yeah. Yellow Boy becomes very obsessed with uh, his sister, too, once he finds out that there's a girl in that box. Oh, the Pokemon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> his Pokemon sister. He becomes very obsessed with Nezuko and, like, wants to date her, even though she's a demon or something like that. Um, at where I am in the manga, that's just, like, uh, an ongoing thing. That's what he yells about most of the time now. Sigh. Yep. Yep. So, I assume this will be going on to a second core? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was confirmed for a second core. Or at least ha- the anime's still going, so... Yeah. Haven't watched it, but episode 14 is up. Yeah. You've, uh, left this one at the door then, Chiaki? No, um, I just haven't had a chance to watch it. I was too busy watching, um, um, Senko-san. <laughs> that is a damning indictment if yeah. I ever heard <laughs> <one>. Wow. <laughs> I feel like that's all that needs to be said. Damn. No, they're not good. <laughs> Anything last thoughts on that one before we leave it off? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, so D was the only one uh, watching Kono Oto Tomari. So unfortunately, uh, we have no season end reports on that one. Fairy Gone was another less and a it, it was less a decisive drop than a casualty of my watch list and life i made it about halfway through to about uh, about where you all were at the mid-season and just as much as i kind of enjoyed the uh the relationship between the two women and was a little bit curious as to where that was going the show just was continuing to be really clunkily written um and the cg looked bad and the exposition was so ham-fisted and poorly woven in, and it just got harder and harder to motivate myself to go back each week, so I kind of dropped it. I probably said this already, but everything about it reminded me of Sirius the Jaeger, which, and I just, the more I watched, the more I felt that it was just exactly like Sirius the Jaeger, and I had a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth from that anime, so I just kind of was like, well, maybe it's not for me. Mm. So, Yeah. I mean, is there, but there's nothing, nothing like really problematic we can say about it. I have heard some rumblings of people having thoughts about thematically where the series went as opposed uh, in the vicinity of like ends justifying the means and all that. But because I haven't watched, you know, the back five episodes or so, I don't really want to comment on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like I didn't run into too many people who got to the end of Fairy Gone and were super jazzed about it, shall we say. Okay. And it's going to keep going. It's got a second core. Oh, jeez. Yeah. This is a show that needed two cores. Like like most shows that I was just kind of middling to okay on, I realized it probably wasn't going to be gay, and then a lot of my enthusiasm kind of leached out. <sighs> Maybe just a... Uh... Watch Sirius the Hager instead. <laughs> it's 12 episodes, has carnival vampires. Um, maybe the superior experience. Yeah, well, at least it's fun and silly. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, since this is the season end podcast, we did, well, we get to do a quick stopover with uh, sequels and carryovers and shorts for people who are watching any. Sadly, D, you are not here, so we won't be talking about Bungo Stray Dog. Uh, all right, Peter. You can have two minutes. How's Black Clover doing? Uh, Black Clover, the last episode was the first part, the, the, like, the chapter that it covers was when I started reading 
I think it was a 120 chapter stretch at midnight and I read all of them until it was 5 a.m. and then I had to go to work because I could not physically stop myself. So I'm very excited about where Black Clover's going now. That's cool. Also, I think they're going to have, it looks like maybe a new OP soon too. How many episodes is it into now? Uh, 91, 90, 91, something like that. Okay, so like mm. normal for Shonen, but like getting up there for people who wanted to just jump in. Uh, yeah, I think like if, assuming the manga, it feels like the manga might end soon. If it goes at the pace that it's going, I imagine that it would maybe cap off at like 150 episodes. This is just me like estimating. Um, so even then it would still be like one of the shorter ones. Yeah, that's downright reasonable for the genre. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I mean, Full Metal Alchemist's Brotherhood was more succinct than that, I think. But uh, no, Full, uh, Full Metal Alchemist was fifty-two episodes, Peter, and it was yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Very well, succinct. that was after Black... it was finished. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but Black Clover is also great. But you know, ninety episodes. I feel like I want to get like Peter. You sold me on this. I kind of want to give it another chance, but I stopped at episode two. It's that's a lot of catch up. So this is what I recommend now. If Asda is really bothering you, read the manga until you realize how good it is, and then it's pretty <laughs> easy to watch the anime. Out. Okay, I like I watched the anime first, and then I just I blazed through all the manga in like less than a week. It was really well. Really the good Shonen Jump app is only two dollars. That's real reasonable. Yeah. It's a, one of the greatest deals, and I'd, I'd say any written medium much less comics. Yeah. So yeah. Fair. We are not we are not in uh we don't have any sort of partnership with Shonen Jump app. Uh you just, unfortunately, you just think not, it's not neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this isn't a, this isn't a sponsored ad or anything. We just really like the Shonen Jump app or I like the Shonen Jump app. Yeah. So, it's a good app. Anyway, yeah, Black Clover's good. Watch Black Clover. All right. Gosh. Uh how about them there JoJo's? Um, I think it's nearing the end. There's only like one or two episodes left. Uh, they did a body swap, um, which they're having a lot of fun with because, uh, what's her name? Trish? Trish switched bodies with the, the grossest guy, uh, the gun dude. And, you know, they did all the usual body swap hijinks that you imagine they'd do. Um, but they had like a, a cameo and besides that it's pretty interesting i don't know what the hell's happening anymore but i guess that's peak jojo so that does as somebody who has resisted starting jojo for the memes at this point because it's funnier that i haven't watched it that pretty much seems like the case i'd say the one people don't really make a big deal out of but i think is the best is diamond is unbreakable i don't know too many memes that came out of that one but that one's like jojo at the closest it could possibly be to twin peaks I don't like Twin Peaks, but I do like all the things that spun off from and were inspired by Twin Peaks. So fair <laughs> Like play. Diamond is Unbreakable. <laughs> fair yeah. play. That's yeah. the best argument I've heard so far. All right. Uh, good job, JoJo. You keep being what you are. It's <laughs> good that JoJo exists. Honestly, it kind of makes me happy to see it out there. <laughs> yeah. Being I really weird. Like, I, uh, I like the fandom generally. They are very loud sometimes, but uh, they're also very cool. So. I mean, their costumes are loud. Yeah, Radical. everything Great about that show is loud. Yeah. I mean, listen for for me for the past like couple months, self uh, self care has been sinking back into good omens. Like I'm 15 all over again, so I have no judgment for the JoJo's. Oh damn! I need to watch that. Hell yes, you do. 
Oh my god. Okay, this is not. No, we can't go down that road. I'll lose yeah. all my feelings. This again. is an anime podcast. All right. Um. So one more time, and please make this as short as possible so that I never have to hear about this fucking anime again. Rise of the Shield Hero is finally over. Yeah. It's boring. Thank you. It's it's boring. <laughs> I'm just, you know, like I watched it. I know there's this whole drama behind how much it owns the libs or whatever i guess but like it's boring after the whole false rape accusations like aside from that it's not a good show and the only like exciting moments are the bad moments that's that's yeah i feel like that's what everyone who's had to sit through it has said is that like once you strip away the spicy controversy of good guy slave over slave owner naofumi and the false rape accusation bullshit it's just a really boring badly told isekai so i'm gonna stand my show like peter stands black clover jackie okay i won't is it isekai cheat magician no because i'm actually kind of excited about that one the pv it's a guy and a girl both go back together and they they're like they say let's fight together and then they bump fists and I'm just like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's how you got me. Damn. Right. I, I respect that. I respect that your your horny id isekai show is better than this one. Yeah. How not to yeah. summon a demon lord is better than mm. Rise of the Slave Owner. Damn. I'm sorry. Fair enough. All right. Let's never talk about it again. Moving on. Bakumatsu. This was uh, the sequel series to the... To the original before? Bakumatsu, yeah, it's um, it's done. The story is finished off. Everything is, you know, um, back to normal. Everyone saved. Huzzah! Um, I personally like the first season more mm-hmm. because it was a little bit more historically. It had more nods to historical uh, events and um, like character development. The second right. season definitely realized that that wasn't really sustainable which is fair because the first season was kind of boring by comparison um and the second season amped up the sort of the more slice of life um character development a lot of the other characters got more speaking opportunities and action opportunities but at the same time it kind of became a chaotic mess um Mm. and like the motivations for all the characters were all over the place. Um, it just, everything kind of falls into place in the most, like, forced way possible. Like, it, it definitely ended because they needed to end it rather than... Um, then it was, yeah. Planned. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Because, like, normally you see shows... It, it's fairly common to see shows go from character to plot-driven if, if they continue into subsequent seasons. But the other way around seems, yeah, like you said, messy. It was fun. It was funny, but definitely the n- new tone was kind of like, okay, like, are you guys going to do anything? And then when when it does happen, it's just like, oh, wait, wait, there's plot now. Wait. Oh, it's ending. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, I've had that. I've had that experience. Mm, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm glad it was a fun time overall. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it just turns out to be mostly men um, having grand old time all the way through there's literally only two girls in the second season i think that have any speaking lines whatsoever for the most part mm. um and they are unfortunately the precious ninjas so, uh, alas yeah 
That's too bad. But I'm glad that it was worth sitting through anyway, huh? I got through it, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that brings us to the last one on our list, which is Dororo. Uh, I fully, and in- here's the thing, listeners. I fully intended to go, because I got a little bit behind, but I fully intended to catch up and be finished because I, you know, I finished the first core and I kind of in- really enjoyed it despite some of its drawbacks. Um, but then the last episode aired literally the day that I was planning to go back and like binge the last, you know, seven, eight episodes that I was behind on. Uh, and I found out that the last episode ends with a time skip to Dororo, uh, when he's older and all of a sudden he's taken on you know pretty feminine conventional presentation and that's my automatic fuck you insta drop button so i didn't sorry (laughs) peter you finished it though uh not quite i think i'm about where you were i Mm. i like watched that episode or the series in batches Partially just because I do it when I can, and also because uh, it's I'm like using somebody else's logon to be honest. Gotcha. Because I don't have it. Yeah. Legit. Because fuck Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I should have uh, I should have updated it to say that I wasn't up to date, but I intend to finish it. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there were a lot of interesting things that it was doing, and um, you know, we have an article that we're working on for the site right now where one of our contributors is talking about its portrayal of disability, which is you know, the fraud. Uh, yeah. But was that a was that a near Freudian slip right there? An Arctic Hill? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I believe Let's you. Right. But yeah, I, I like. I just I can't I can't go back to the show knowing that it kind of ends on that little fuck you of a button. That's yeah, for sure. I can't. So yeah. Um, it's kind of an anti-climax to end the podcast on. Sorry, listeners. Uh, but the summer season is looking really robust. No. Yeah, no, summer. Oh, my God. What is time? Summer season. Yeah, we're officially in summer now. We're in summer now. And it's looking pretty good. Yeah. I'm excited. Mario Kata anime. Heck, yeah. Mario Kata anime and magical girls and giant robots and a shonen anime that I'm actually willing to watch more than one episode of. Yeah. Oh, did you watch Grand Bill? I did. Shit's wild. Shit's wild. I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's for a future podcast down the line. Maybe I'll have watched more shows on that one. Damn. So <laughs> get excited. Um, well, thank you for joining us on this episode. I can't believe we made it in under an hour on a season retrospective podcast. Go us. Oh, magic. It was a dire season, though. It was, it was, it was really, like, it was the season of Sarazan Mai, and I guess some other things aired also. I mean, Fruits Basket. That's, that's fair. And Fruits Basket, and Hitori Bochi. End of list. Yep. The three. No other anime were shown this season. Some nice boys and nice girls had a good time. The end. All right, well... Thank you for joining us on this weird roller coaster of a season retrospective podcast, listeners. If you liked what you heard, you can find uh, more of our podcast by 
searching for Anime Feminist on SoundCloud. Or if you want to find more of our stuff in print, you can go to www.animefeminist.com. If you really liked what you heard, you can go to patreon.com slash animefeminist. Pitch us a dollar. Uh, Every little bit helps to bring us, to help us bring you new content on the page and in your earbuds. If you want to get hold of us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Anime Femme, on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. Thanks so much for joining us, and until next time, let's hope the next season is a better one. (laughs) 